When Israel uh, came out of Egypt, you might remember, um, specifically the way it's imagined in the book of Exodus, uh, Moses leads them out across the Red Sea and into the desert, and there he has them build a tabernacle. And it's the place of the fire at night and smoke by day. It's this residence of God's presence. And in Egypt, when they had lived there, there were many gods, and there were many temples. And there were deities and gods for different localities and different cities. So as Israel gathers in the desert on the far side of the sea, there is only one God and one place of dwelling. This is this um, first moment, significant moment really in Near Eastern history that all religion is focused on a single God and a single location and a single people. I read from the law today when the People come each year, three times a year, to the feast. There is sharing and unity and rejoicing. And that's the image, the light that Israel is to be to the nations. And that's the vision or the image that John of Patmos grabs today in Revelation 20 and 21, 21 and 22. There will be in that day the city of God, And the city of Jerusalem will descend to the new heavens and the new earth. And there will be no temple, for the Lamb will be its temple. John wants us to imagine this gathering and this unity, this singleness of devotion and of community and of brotherhood and of sisterhood. But not for Israel and its temple, for the Lamb and for all the nations of the earth. John forecasts ahead where we are going because of the work of Christ, and it is a great gathering of every people and every person and every tribe and tongue and nation. It's common for us, I get questions like this, and I've thought this in the past before, what is John exactly imagining? I'm sometimes asked, is it the same tree that was in Eden because it's the tree of life, but now it's on both sides of the river, and how does that work? And how is there light without a sun or a moon? Is that really just going to be like? You know, we're so, John's so creative. We puzzle away at what this must be like. There's this glorious, unimaginable eschaton, this future waiting for us. But I think John, as um, powerful as his writings are, is not wanting us to imagine this in that literal kind of way. I think if John were to ask, ask a question, it would not be, is there going to be a sun? Is this the original tree? John is writing to the churches of Asia, and he's trying to build up the people. And he wants this vision and this moment to reflect back on their moment in day-to-day life. What would it look like if that heavenly city that awaits us began to take up residence in life and spirit in the community today? I think John would have us ask this question, what practices of unity Are you exercising in the church that the nations may know that they will be gathered before the king? Unity, in other words, isn't simply an idea. The church has always been fractured in this world. It is today massively in our country. I just returned from Scotland where my friend said, you know, Europe's divided, but you guys have mastered it. They feel it across the ocean. And the church hears a call to be the people of God. And so we ask, or John asks us, I think, what practices of unity, not what ideas, not what tweets, not what Facebook posts, 
What practices of unity will we participate in to shadow, to shine forth that which awaits us? As our confession comes in a moment too, what practices do I need to give up? Things I have done and things I have left undone. What are those things that I would do? I think this is what John would have us ask. I think the reading in the nation today, when people often now despair over the hypocrisy or the division of the church, John tells us it will be united. And so we can once again take up the work of practicing love and gathering and unity. I just end with one thought, this beautiful addition of Psalm 67 to our reading today. If we despair, if we're disappointed in the church, that is natural. But it is not the church that brings unity to the world, but the God who draws near to it. That's the point of the vision in Revelation 21 and 22. It's not the priests in the temple anymore. It is the Lamb who will gather the nations. We obey, we fall alongside, we come into obedience, we repent and participate. But we need not despair that God won't gather the nations. He's doing it in our midst. And so as we pray in Psalm 67, God, refresh us. May your face shine upon us. It is that prayer given to the priests in the temple in Numbers chapter 6. It's the nearness of God that will draw the nations into his presence and into unity. And so may he reflect into us what is lacking. May he forgive us for where we fail and fall short. May he help us undo the practices that divide. And may he help us put on those practices that unite by the power of that spirit that Jesus said has come as the gift from the Father to dwell within us. Amen.